0: by Simmons. Is this the on Battle-born fan-tough. Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Blue Jays podcast. I'm your host, as always, Joshua Salmo, here with my co-host Nicholas Volacci, Nick. It is uh, summertime here in Toronto. The beautiful vibes, the heat uh, in the city. You know, it's a you know pleasant weather. But talking about our baseball team here in Toronto, things aren't as smooth. It's been a while since we last recorded, taking a little bit of a summer break. How are you doing, Nick? And uh, what is your thoughts on uh, this White Sox series that just concluded against our Toronto Blue Jays? Uh,
1: yeah, things are good, man. Weather's getting beautiful, so can't complain. Uh, my thoughts on the team is right now. I mean, they have not been playing their best ball as of late. I think we all know that. Uh, they've shown flashes. Um, you know, they've they've had a couple standout games. I look back to the you know the third game of the Yankees series. Um, I look back to, obviously, the one that they just beat, the uh, White Sox, although they made it as difficult as possible uh, up near the end. Uh, but, yeah, overall, I mean, not great execution in a lot of those games. Um, you know, oh, it looked overmatched at times uh, offensively. Uh, and the pitching just wasn't there in a lot of situations, especially the bullpen. Bullpen has not been great. We're seeing Simba struggle, which is very unfortunate, as he was kind of one of the only main uh, main arms earlier in the year. So that's not great. Uh, we saw Romano blow a save. I mean, you know, I'll leave that up to you to talk about it later, but I mean, uh, you know, that's not a good sign. But no, other than that, I look this team still lots of positives, uh, but um, you know, you do expect them to play a little better than they've played as of late.
0: Yeah, you know, I was expecting a little bit more of a bang here in this series. Obviously, you know, there is the huge debate about the umps and, you know, how the strike zone went throughout this series in Chicago. You know the jays were clearly at a disadvantage from that standpoint i don't think there's much arguing that uh, i'm not sure if you or any listeners listening followed the umpire scorecards on twitter i think uh the white Sox had like a 2.6 uh runs uh expected because of how the way the strike zone was called and i think that's ludicrous but you know a lot of people are using that as the excuse i know it's a huge factor especially in a game like this in baseball but You know, I'm sick and tired of having these series go by where the Jays don't come out on the winning hand. And, you know, we look back at it and we blame the umpiring and the strike zone and, you know, what pitch this was and what location that was. I think there's a lot of problems on this team right now. I think these are problems that we have seen for a long time now. There's definitely gaps in this roster. And, you know, obviously the big one right now is that bullpen. And like you said, Adam Simber, he was that more reliable arm at the start of the season. And, you know. He has a lot of wins and stuff like that. You know, he's really impressed me in terms of, you know, what he's done since putting on the Jays uniform in that trade. Uh, So it's really hard to criticize him. But, yeah, he's been on the downfall lately. And like you said, you know, he was that one reliable arm. And this bullpen needs some work. It's clear that they need more arms because right now I'm not comfortable in it. I don't think you are. I don't think much of the listeners are either. We have Romano who, you know, yes, is coming off a blown save. But, You know, Romano's still that dog in that bullpen. Simber was that guy. And now that Simber's starting to show some holes in his game, I'm a little nervous, a lot more nervous with this bullpen now in the recent weeks here. What do you think about the bullpen right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not in a great place. Uh, Definitely not what you want to see. I mean, you were hoping in the offseason they did a little work. You know, they brought in Jimmy Garcia, uh, full season of Adam Simber, full season of Trevor Richards. And honestly, a lot of that's just blown up in their face. Uh, I mean, you have Gage out here pitching meaningful innings. And don't get me wrong, the guy's actually impressed me. He's been one of the better runners we've seen this season somehow, you know, and then that's kudos to him. He's done a fantastic job given, you know, what our expectations are of him. But, yeah, no, it's not a great spot. You know, I'm a huge Romano guy. I don't want anyone to take it, um, you know, any other way. Uh, more so I'm just being critical given the fact that, you know, there is a lot of pressure on him given that he's the only, um, you know, strong Flamethrower in that pen at this time. I mean, I don't really count Merriweather because I never know what he's going to give us uh, and it's usually nothing of value. Uh, Anyways, uh, I will say that this definitely needs to be addressed moving forward. Clearly the Jimmy Garcia pickup was not enough. Um, You know, you just, we need, we need definitely, I would say two more, two more arms, you know. Now don't get me wrong, you know, if starters could get a little deeper into games, uh, definitely would, you know, help. Kikuchi has not been great lately we don't even know what to expect game to game Uh, so that definitely plays a part as well but yeah like we've mentioned like Simber has been on the downfall and he was I would say the best reliever to start the year in all of baseball he like now he that's how good he was pitching right or at least one of them right that's how because again the Yankees got a lot of guys like Clay Holmes who've been outstanding but Simber was definitely up there I mean you mentioned the wins that's a big key component but overall he's been on the downtrend which you know given that Jimmy Garcia wasn't off to the best start. I mean, he, you know, had a couple good games, but then since kind of been struggling. Uh, Trevor Richards, I don't, I, I have no explanation for what's happened. Um, you know, nobody expected him to be a light, lights out kind of guy. I never expected that, but to the point where he's just been shelled outing after outing lately, uh, going back to basically, I don't know, maybe three weeks into the season, it's, it's just been like, uh, it's been embarrassing, really, to trot him out there. Uh, I mean as much as I'm a guy who likes to harp on like Montoyo and his inability to manage the bullpen at times, or at least how I see it where he makes the wrong call in a lot of spots, it just comes down to there is not enough talent and that needs to be addressed.
0: Yeah. And I agree for sure. You know, you look around the league right now um, and with the expanded playoffs, you know, you touched about this earlier, these teams that would naturally be sellers around this time, as we approach the deadline, I think we're six weeks away. Uh, At today's date, Uh, we are recording during the Blue Jays off day here this week before they head to Milwaukee. And, you know, these teams that would normally be sellers, they're going to hold on to these back end talents and these guys they would normally see on the block, which I think is another disadvantage for this team. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because, you know, you talked about the Jimmy Garcia ad and, you know, I I was high on him uh, in the offseason. That's a guy that I wanted last summer as well. Uh, I think that we're, I think right now we're seeing his worst. Well, not as like absolute worst, but like we're seeing the negatives, but we've also seen his positives throughout the season. You know, I think down the road here, he's eventually going to find that 50-50 mix where he's going to be servable in that mid-relief kind of role. Uh, Definitely a guy that, you know, I'm not going to have completely uh, my full trust in, but somebody I think that you could put in potentially in that fifth inning if a starter, you know, his pitch count gets too high and stuff like that, where you're still in a close game. I think he could give you, Uh, Two innings, maybe an inning of scoreless baseball. But, yeah, like, you know, back to my point about these expanded playoff teams that would normally be sellers. Right now, you look around the league. Like I said, these guys are going to be holding on to these arms, and it's definitely going to be tougher to go out and add some talent. But this team needs serious talent in that bullpen. There's too many guys that pitch to contact, and that is going to eat you up, especially against a team like the New York Yankees we saw in the series against the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox are a heavily undermanned team right now. They have tons of talent that did not play in that series. Eloy Jimenez who's probably, you know, a top 5 player on that team. Uh he wasn't in that series. We last time we swept the White Sox, they had barely had anybody in the lineup. Uh but you know, this is a team that I think is going to get better. I think the White Sox are a lot better than what their record says. So, you know, these are teams that the Jays have been playing that are actually really good baseball teams but you know, it doesn't get any easier now that you're going to have Milwaukee on the schedule. And with having so many pitch-to-contact guys, I think it's a serious problem because, you know, pitch-to-contact pitchers tend to give up a lot of home run, and, you know, there's plenty of over-the-fence power in our division alone. And going back to the Yankees, you know, we saw what the Yankees did, right? Rizzo, like, destroyed the Jays' bullpen, no matter if you was pinch-hitting or what. And uh, that's something down the road here that I think the Jays need to fix. And, you know, we've talked about tons of arms, uh, clearly, you know, guys with some hit-and-miss stuff, but you know, the Jays are going to have to part with some pretty big pieces right now because of how shallow the market is compared to years prior. And, you know, people want to talk about Bednar from the Pirates. I don't listen to talk like that. I think Bednar is an unrealistic option. Uh, So I'm just, you know, saying from my standpoint, I think Jays fans here need to be a lot more optimistic because this isn't going to be a trade deadline that we've seen like seasons prior. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, under, you know, the table, under the radar kind of moves here, guys that you're not expecting, guys with some you know on awkward numbers and uh, I think you know we're going to see that league wide so as we approach the deadline I think the Jays are really going to need to do their due diligence and a lot of under the radar arms in this league because the way this trade deadline to me looks is you're going to win it by trading for guys that have not really had their ceiling yet or guys that you can that you know that Pete Walker is going to get their best from and you know we look around the league there's tons of teams that have some good talent players that are having tough seasons and I think that's where the Jays are going to need a strike because Right now, looking at these top arms, I don't think, you know, this market this season is going to be very friendly to a team like the Blue Jays that have so many prospects that are going to be enticing other teams. What do you think, Nick?
1: Yeah, it's definitely not a buyer's market, uh, you know, at this stage, uh, especially given the outlook. Uh, I mean, you're going to have to overpay for any uh, established arms that are on the market. I mean, whoever that may be. You know, if there is a guy like that available, prepare to be in a bidding war. Uh, And yeah, like like you said, you know, there's a good chance you may have to take on a guy who's been underperforming this season, and just pray that he bounces back. Um, I think something that's honestly overlooked way too much, and something that we give a pass for, is the Jays' like inability to develop uh, relief pitchers. You know, you look at a lot of the most successful organizations. uh, Like, I mean, personally, I would look at the Dodgers, uh, the Rays. Like those kind of teams, they're the best of the best, or at least in the past they've been the best of the best because of that. Like one of those reasons, right? That's one of the reasons that they've been so good is that they don't have to rely on the exterior market to get these guys. They know who they like, uh, whether it's the draft, international signings, or even you know low-level trades, uh, and they develop these guys. And you know, meanwhile, they may not become starters, right? But they're under-the-radar relievers who come up and they do their job. The Jays really haven't had that. I can't think of the last homegrown reliever that the Jays have had that, you know, has came up and actually done a good job. You know, even off the top of my head, I mean, I mean, I guess Barucki was supposed to be that guy, or at least one of them who could be a pen arm, who who was, you know, more than league average, but clearly that didn't work out. Uh, And that's kind of been my opinion. I I mean, the more and more... um, times we see a you know a game blown by this bullpen i can't help but think you know how is it possible that the rays keep bringing up these guys it's like one after the other who just gets the job done and i can't help but point to player development and it's like yeah we're fantastic at developing our hitters right cuz we see exceptional uh you know growth from our hitters you look at you know the young studs like Alejandro Kirk uh Moreno cuz Moreno wasn't supposed to be a top prospect you know when we first got him we that that became a thing and you know that's cuz the guy put in a lot of work but, you know, the organization definitely helps in that regard. But, yeah, on the pitching side, I, there just hasn't been much of it. And I think if if nothing else, that's got to be uh, one of the most difficult uh, obstacles to overcome because, again, that means you're going to have to part with either, um, you know, fairly decent prospect hauls to get these relievers uh, or you're going to have to spend some money to sign them because these cheap guys aren't going to keep coming up. Everyone likes to, you know, talk about the Dodgers and how much money they spend and how much money – um, and how they're always, you know, they just get the biggest names, but their bullpen for the most part, year in and year out is guys that they, they have developed and, and, and that's kudos to them. They do a fantastic job at that. And that's why they are, you know, year in and year out, like, you know, in that premier tier of, of team. I mean, I'd like to get your opinion on it as well, but from where I stand, you know, the reason that they're in the situation is because the Jays haven't done well enough at developing pitchers. What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, I think for sure. You're hundred percent right there. You hit the nail right on the head i think of you know when you talk about jay's development and the pitching staff you you know you look kind of at it they're probably batting like what 100 in terms of having these guys pan out and having nice mlb careers the only one that really stands out to me that was you know romano and romano wasn't even like a pure jay's development guy right like he was passed around from other teams and then romano got his crack here and you know that's when he made his mark but You know, you look at the Jays past year, this isn't a problem we've seen with this year alone. We're talking about an ex like a lengthy time period here where the Jays really haven't developed, you know, a really top end bullpen by themselves. You know, they've added tons of pieces, they've had some great bullpens in the past. You know, we talk about 2015 and how good those teams were, but you know, the Jays really haven't had that full time development bullpen guys that we are seeing around the league and you know you look at a team like the milwaukee brewers this is a bullpen right here that you know this isn't a team that can afford to go out into the market and spend like some of the top teams but they're competitive and they've been competitive for a long time now why and that's off player development you know we're going to dive into the milwaukee brewers in a second here but i agree 100 teams in this league that are among the best and you know we talk about the dodgers all the time the dodgers spend tons of money you know i can't stand the dodgers they're my least favorite team in this league they are just you know I'm not going to say the word, but the Dodgers, they do a great job at developing players as well. There's a reason why they could swing so many big trades It's because of these top prospects, you know, we look at Kiebert Ruiz, who they just traded to the Washington nationals. They have a great development system and that's what makes that team so competitive. They haven't missed the playoffs in almost a decade now. They are close to, you know, arguably the best team in baseball. Again, uh, they're in a tight division with the Padres and stuff like that, but You know, the Yankees over here in the AL, they do a pretty good job of developing players as well. We know the Anduar situation hasn't gone great, but, you know, we're talking about prospect pools in general here. But these are teams that always have competitive systems and, you know, they never really have that downward peak. And, you know, you look at the Yankees bullpen, you know, since I'm kind of switching direction towards the Yankees now, the Yankees have some homegrown players there as well in the bullpen, like you mentioned. So, you know, these top teams, they are good at developing talent. They also know how to add talent. And right now, I think this Jays team has done a good job in terms of, you know, players, but that bullpen, like you said, they haven't really developed that kind of guy. And, you know, the rotation has its guys in Manoa and the Pete Walker reclamation projects, but I agree 100%. This team definitely needs to adjust, uh, you know, uh, in the bullpen. But, uh, yeah, so let's head over to the Milwaukee series. And before I dive in, Nick, I mentioned about the Milwaukee Brewers.
1: Sorry, what was that? It cut out for a second. You should repeat yourself. I, I didn't hear the question.
0: Oh, sorry. Uh, so I just said before we dive in here on the Milwaukee Brewers, is there any guy that sticks out to you first? I, I have a feeling it's going to be Yelich because this guy is one frustrating player, isn't he?
1: Yeah, man. He he. When he got his breakout, he was one of my favorite players to watch. I can't lie. I mean, you know, smooth swing. You hit the ball for power, for contact. Man, the guy. The guy was a machine. Like I like I haven't to see somebody give that build. Be able to swing it the way that he could was like absolutely phenomenal. But you know, it just seems that year after year he just can't find you know that comfort zone that he was in when he we were seeing peak Yelich. You know, and I I honest I honestly think if Yelich were to have stayed at that level, this is a World Series favorite team, and it was and it would have been for like the past couple of years. Like that's how good Yelich was, and how and that's how good the Braves are in general are. Braves the Brewers are in general like this team is so good from pitching uh both starters and relievers and they get enough offense but if only they could in like you know if they had that MVP Yelich to inject into this lineup no doubt in my mind they might have already had a World Series and if not they definitely were destined to win one
0: yeah I'm very familiar with this Milwaukee Brewers team uh so you know I'm excited to see this matchup Obviously, I always get buzzed for these, you know, unique playing uh, matchups between teams that you don't normally see. One thing I do have to mention about the Brewers just before we dive in as a whole, you know, we just came off talking about bullpen and how much pitch to contact guys that the Jays have here uh, in Toronto. And, you know, going against a team like the Milwaukee Brewers that is more home run dominant than, I guess, you know, contact hitting. You look at the top of the order here, and this is just from today's lineup as they're about to beat uh, the Cardinals. Um, so you know, you look at their lineup to start off today, they had Yelich obviously leading off. Um, they had Willie, uh, Willie Adamez, uh, Rowdy Telez, and Andrew McCutcheon. So, all those guys, you know, Yelich he only has seven home runs on the year, but you know, Yelich definitely has some power to get out of the ballpark no matter where he's playing. Adames, this guy has been home runner bust all season long trust me i know i have this guy in fantasy his launch angles and all stuff like that all the analytics he is hitting the ball hard he can crush the baseball so far he's one of my favorite players in the league i'm happy he's away from tampa now because he used to do really well against the jays but this is a guy to watch out for he's missed some time with injury this season but he's still crushing the baseball since he's came back from injury i think he has like four or five home runs already but he's home runner bust but Telez, former blue jay we know him left-handed hitter Uh, that's a guy that is you know got tons of over the fence power but he's known for his struggling and his low points and his low points can get extremely low and it depends on how flexible that franchise is in terms of keeping them and giving them playing time but Telez has been a big part of this Milwaukee Brewers offense he's hitting in the third hole right now but McCutcheon you know arguably my favorite player in the league over the last 10 years obviously you know he's on the decline with age and stuff like that who knows how much longer he's going to be in the league but you know, this is a right-handed hitter he's still got pop in his bat yes he doesn't have the quickness or the speed like he used to he's not as a, as effective in terms of you know contact hitting as he was in the past you know back in his uh prime days but this is a guy that has you know a lot of pop in his bat still i think this is a dangerous hitter he hits in the four hole one thing about him is he's a clutch hitter you know is definitely hard to manage and you know, we look at Manoa, he's going to get the ball tomorrow in the game opener. I think he's going to have a good job against a team like this because, you know, he has that strike out and missed stuff, right? He has, they're going to whiff a lot, I guarantee you, this Milwaukee lineup against a guy like Manoa. But we look at the bullpen after that. I can see tomorrow perfectly going as Manoa goes six innings, you know, has a quality start, beautiful performance. And we go to the bullpen, it's a tight game. And somehow Adam a's or McCutcheon is going to go yard. And it's going to turn out kind of like the Yankee series did. Uh, I have a feeling that this bullpen is going to have a tough time against Milwaukee because of how many power hitters these guys have. And, you know, you look down the lineup, they have ton- they have such a flexible lineup. This is one of my favorite things about the Milwaukee Brewers. You know, they have so many guys on the bench that they can just sub in uh, depending on matchups. You know, you look at Taylor, Renfro, uh, even Urias. Urias is a guy that, you know, these guys all have about seven, six home runs this season. Carantini as a catcher, you know, he wasn't known for his power with the Padres, but he has some home runs this season as well. Um, you know, Keston Hira. That's a guy that I thought was going to be a for sure part of their future here in Milwaukee. He had that one like really good season. I think it was during the COVID year. Uh, but this season he has six home runs and ninety-seven plate appearances, fourteen RBIs. He has a two hundred and six average, but you know, this guy's got home run power as well. You look throughout this lineup, no matter if they're on the bench or if they're starting, they have guys that can put the ball over the fence. And that really scares me going against a bullpen that has so many pitch to contact guys. What do you think, Nick?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're looking at a team that's fourth in the league, I believe. Uh, yeah, fourth in the league in home runs, actually just two above the Jays uh, in that department. Not a great average hitting team. I mean, they're I mean they're bottom five, uh, hitting 231 on the season. Uh, but their slugging is 15th. So that that difference right there shows you that this team, you know, they may not uh, collectively, you know, collect the most base hits on, an, on a day-to-day basis. But they definitely do have the collective power to put it out. And again, there's not... There's not really, it's not a team where you point out, like, two, three guys and be like, okay, those guys are going to be the ones, if someone's going to put it out, like, they'll do the damage. It's more of a, you know, team effort, uh, you know, power by committee kind of approach. Uh, like I said, this is a pitching-heavy first team that scores enough to win ballgames. Um, but, yeah, in terms of how this, this matches up, I mean, you really, you really got to win game one. Uh, I, I can't stress this enough. Like you have to win Manoa's start because you know you turn around the next day and all of a sudden you got Kikuchi against Burns, and we know what kind of animal Burns is and what he's capable of. So you know I I don't love that matchup. Uh, you know to be honest with you. Um, and then you know from there, like the, 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 this this Brewers rotation is deep. So you know I, I believe I actually don't know who's in line to that game. I'd assume is it is it Freddy Peralta or is it um or is it Woodruff? I, I don't know. I'd, I'd assume it's one of those two. Um, but regardless, you know, you're, you're, you're reaching that point in this strong, strong rotation. You really got to take care of business game one. Um, and yeah, I think limiting the home runs is going to be the big thing. I I'm not scared of this team if we can keep them in the ballpark, but that's going to be the big question is, you know, can we limit the home runs? Uh, and especially the walks, you know, cause if it's a team that can't hit for power, the last thing you want to do is put guys on so that those solo home runs become two or three run homers. And all of a sudden you've dug yourself a much bigger hole.
0: Yeah, you know, Milwaukee, like you said, they are more home run by committee. Um, they, they are going to hurt you with the long ball. That's how they do their damage. Uh, I'm not a fan of their ballpark. I just want to get that out of the way here. <laughs> I just want to get that out of the way. I cannot stand the Milwaukee um, team as a whole, like the franchise as a whole. Like, they're just not my uh, favorite team here. So, you know, I'm looking forward to the Jays. Hopefully, I would... The hope for a sweep here but you know corbin burns against kikuchi that matchup does not look favoring at all and you know that looks like a huge disadvantage for the blue jays but you know how many times this year have we looked at matchups like this and we're like oh yeah you know this guy's going against this guy this is a lock of a win and then it ends up being the opposite right like the one that comes to mind is the ryu otani star like we were both saying like that seems like ludicrous like that's ludicrous to take ryu over otani and that start for a prediction but you know, somehow, some way, these games just happen, and I think Kikuchi is a guy that definitely has stuff in his armory that could surprise us, and I'm not saying that he's going to outpitch Corbin Burns, but I can see him definitely giving us something quality, maybe he only gives up two earned, uh, maybe one earned, or, you know, some productive start here where the Jays can just sniff out a bit of offense against Corbin Burns, or, you know, against a very good Brewers bullpen, you know, I don't know if you're going to be hitting off hate or anything, but you know, maybe the Jays can just, you know, muster out one or two runs there to just get an advantage for the win. I think the Jays are a better team than Milwaukee. I don't think that's much of a surprise. But like you said, this Yelich um player that they have right now, you know, this you have to talk about if like when I'm talking about Yelich, I feel like I'm talking about like four different guys because you talk about the almost MVP, you know, dynasty level talent that we had from him in that breakout year. We have the Yelich this year that has seven home runs and like a two thirty-eight average. There's so many Yeliches that we've seen in the last few seasons here that he's just so inconsistent and sad because you know he's got such a beautiful swing. This guy, when he's on his game, is one of the better players in baseball. I think the league is better as a whole when Yelich is on his game. And, you know, seeing him this year struggle like this is just disappointing and it's frustrating. Um and you know, right now, without having that Yelich, I don't think this Milwaukee Brewers team is the same. And I agree 100%. This team probably could have had a World Series. They definitely have the arms to do so. It's a shame that the offense couldn't help them. But the McCutcheon ad, I do like for them. I think McCutcheon, you know, he's got a lot of service time in the NL Central uh, with the Pirates back then. So, you know, I think he's going to provide a little bit of uh, a spark to this team, you know, down the road here as they get into that wild card race. But, you know, this division's not very good. So I don't see any World Series winner coming out of the NL Central. But, you know, going back to this Brewers team, I, I think you're going to have to have your best players become your best players. I think you're going to need Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to, you know, come alive. His bat when it's alive, this team is so different. You know, you can tell, honestly, in my opinion, I think he's like the heart soul of this team. When Vladdy is having fun and, you know, he's pretty much always having fun. But there's times where he's serious and, you know, where he's not feeling like the Vladdy Vladdy that we know. But when Vladdy's on his game and that ball is going over the fence, this team's just different. You know, the runs start to come in more fluently. You know, you see the guys like Bichette and Guriel and Hernandez. They all like everybody's just at ease. And I think that's what we need here in a series where you're going to see maybe two of the three games here. The Brewers top arms like Woodruff. I think he is going to get that third game there. Woodruff is a top end arm as well. you know if he wasn't you know on this milwaukee brewers team where you know he's gonna have to pitch behind corbin burns he could potentially be a number one somewhere else you know you look at teams in this division as well like the pirates woodruff would for sure be a lock to be their number one um you know in the jays here he might be a mid third guy but woodruff has some dirty stuff and you know he's a top-end pitcher and i have a tremendous amount of respect for him he's you know that i wouldn't put him in a tier a ace kind of material but i would definitely put him in that one b almost Uh, you know, he's got tons of great stuff. Tell me, are you nervous about the Jays rotation holding up? You know, obviously, we talked about Kikuchi, and, you know, you mentioned about that third game, but are you nervous about the longevity of the starters here? Because, you know, once the series is over, we come back, we got the Rays, we got the Red Sox. Schedule down the line isn't getting much easier, and the way this bullpen has been, there looks like there's a lot of question marks moving forward here on a week-to-week basis with this team.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely concerning. Um, if I'm being honest, it's definitely not the spot you want to find yourself in. Uh, there's no indication that, you know, the bullpen's getting any better anytime soon. So you do really need the starters to uh, step up when you think about it. That's where a lot of the resources were allocated. Uh, you know, bringing in Kikuchi, bringing in Gosman. So you need those guys to be the best that they can be for this team to win. I think they know that. I mean, you can see how tough Gosman is on himself. Gosman needs to be what he was earlier in the season, Now, I know he had some problems with, you know, uh, you know, tipping pitches, not necessarily, you know, with how he was throwing, but where he was locating it and the patterns that he was falling into. Um, So hopefully that can all get smoothed over because this ball team, this ball game, oh, sorry, this team is a much better ball club when he's on top of this game. You know, when you get that, at least at this point in time, two headed monster, because, you know, Berrios has not been even close to what we expected. Um, you know, that, that makes us a much more formidable team, especially against a team like the Brewers who have such a strong, uh, starting staff, not to mention their bullpen, but that's a whole different comparison. Um, you know, what you need, you really need Kikuchi to step up. I mean, I've been, I've been harping on this for weeks and we know he's inconsistent. And I think honestly, the the only reason that I, that I have doubts about this start is that, you know, Adamus and, uh, McCutcheon kill left-handed pitching. Now, you know, you might get a break with Rowdy and, you know, Yelich. I don't know when the last time he's been able to hit lefties was. But, you know, those two guys especially can do enough damage on their own where, you know, on a day where Corbin Burns is starting, where, you know, things could get uh, a bit dicey. But, yeah, I think especially moving forward with the series coming up, you need, you know, you'd like to take some pressure off the starters, but we really don't have a choice at this rate. Um, you know, they're they're just going to go off, you know, they're just going to go and plug away until we get some sort of reinforcements, uh, whether it be in the rotation or the bullpen, because we're not at the stage where we can trust this bullpen. Uh, we're a few pieces away from it being able to rely on it. So at least from where I stand, there's a definite cause for concern. You do worry about the durability to an extent, although nobody really uh, in our rotation now that Hyunjin is down really concerns me where injuries are concerned that there's no one that i think oh you know he might go next or he might no i think for the most part it's a pretty healthy group so i mean i'm not uh, you know i'm not overly worried about that in terms of someone getting hurt but in terms of wear and tear and you know all that kind of thing i definitely can see that playing a role moving forward
0: you know an option that you know has been talked a lot about not i guess just blue jay land but against the league as a whole frankie montas and i just wanted to uh, mention right now he has a no hitter going through six innings so i just want to give him a shout out there uh he's you know really turning it on uh this i guess stretch now he had a okay start but now he's really starting to find his groove and that is probably going to be i guess number one or number two in terms of starting pitcher uh power rankings i guess for trade deadline uh trade block assets, I guess is a better way to describe it. So just wanted to mention that. Good luck to him. I hope he gets it because uh, you know, I'm a I'm a fan of the no hitters. I think they're cool. But going back to uh what we're talking about here in Toronto, let's, you know, we're kind of getting towards the end, ending point of this episode here of the Battleborn Blue Jays podcast. Uh let's just say, you know, you know, things are good here in Jays Land. Do you think this team right now is a World Series contender?
1: Okay, so yes. But to say that I'm as confident as I was before the season started would be a lie. I think what you really need, I mean, first and foremost, like you've mentioned, Vlad has to be what we saw last year. I mean, not to say he's having a terrible year. He's definitely not having a good year by what we know he's capable of. But we can't discount just how much of an impact Vladdy can have when he is what Vladdy can be. You know, that's the thing about these World Series teams. You have to have that standout, you know, superstar. And don't get me wrong, guys like Springer, guys like Bo, uh, you know, Kirk, although he is, you know, a little bit less experienced than those those other two, those guys are very solid and they're very strong and they'll be very key components of a World Series team. But there's that upper echelon of superstar that everybody knows. That's just a difference maker, and when that guy's on top of his game, it's league changing, right? And when he's not, you know that that really changes your expectations of the team. If Vlad's on top of his team, on top of his game, there is no better offense in baseball, and I and I and I and I stand by that. I know what the Yankees are doing. I understand that, but that's because Judge is playing at that upper echelon of talent like he's playing at that level he's he's playing at a level of a top three player a top three hitter in baseball a top five hitter in baseball I mean arguably he's probably number one as of right now but my statement being you know a guy in that top five that's how he's supposed to perform so we really haven't seen that Vlad I mean we got the flash of the three homer game but that really doesn't mean anything over the you know 162 games so I'll say that I'm not as confident as I once was But really, in my opinion, all it takes for us to be a top three contender again is to have Vlad be at that level, because that's how game changing I believe he is. And I think that a lot of people share that opinion as well.
0: Oh, for sure. Vlad is, you know, a game changer by every means of the definition. That guy last season, you know, willed this team new heights that I don't think... You know a lot of people projected and i think you know the way vlad was hitting that's why you saw the rise in you know Simeon's stock i think you saw boba stock rise as well i think the way the team like teams around the league attacked the blue jays offense was solely because of how good vladdy was doing and they gave more i guess hittable pitches to guys down the lineup and i think you know you're seeing that regression with Simeon's season this season you know boba at times as well and vladdy really needs to step up because you know, last season, and, you know, I'm going to go back to the White Sox series for this. What really hit me, and, you know, with what you're saying right now, is last series against the Chicago White Sox, remember that time in, the, I think it was the second game of that series, where Guerrero was at the plate, and it was a winnable situation for the Jays. I think it was an extra innings, or it might have been the ninth. something. It was a winnable situation, and La Russa opted to let Vladdy hit instead of intentionally walking him to face Alejandro Kirk. And that screams volumes to me before I continue on. Just tell me, do you, do you see what I mean by that?
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. There's no world that that should be the case. You know what I mean? There's, there's literally, um, or sorry, did you say that he walked him for Kirk or that he didn't walk him?
0: No, he, he intentionally wanted to let Vladdy hit at the plate instead of going after Kirk.
1: That's what I thought you said. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, I think that, that just tells you right there, like, the story of the season. Like, there is no world where that should be the case. You know, There, there's no... The fact that that's where Vlad is now in the mind of others just proves to you that he's not having the season that, you know, we thought he can have or that we know he can have. I mean, you look back to last year, that was the exact thing. You can't pit, You can't pitch around the guy in front because you don't want Vlad to come on with a base runner. Well, what happens is, you have Bo in front of him, you had Simeon in front of him, you had Springer from whoever was in front of him is getting pitches down the middle, getting a lot of strikes because they don't want to see Vlad with a man on. And what ends up happening, that's where you get doubles, you get your home runs, you get, you know, whatever. Not to mention, Vlady gets more walks. But clearly, you know, when teams face us, they're now game planning for Kirk, right? Don't get me wrong, they still game plan for Vlad, but Vlad's not carrying that same presence. So 100%, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, that's a testament to how he's been on the season. Um, and for them, and for the Jays to be the World Series contender that we know they can be, teams have to be scared to pitch to Vlad again. They have to be terrified when Vlad steps in the box and even when he's on deck. That has to be reestablished for this team to be as good as they can be.
0: 100%. 100%. And, you know, going back to what I was saying, I don't think this team is a World Series contender right now. You know, I think there is a conversation for, is this team going to be in the playoffs? And, you know, I think they will. I think this team's a lot better than what we've seen. I think there's a lot of panic reactions, you know, a lot of irrational decisions and stuff like that, in the fan base and, you know, even in the media as well. But right now, this Jace team has a lot of holes. And these are holes, like, you know, going back to what I said at the start of this episode, these are holes that we have seen for a lengthy time period now and we haven't seen changes we've had guys called up we haven't written we've you know dfa would players we've moved on from players that were in these situations and we still have these holes and you know last season when we had these holes management was quick to act on them right now it's a lot slower you know i give them credit there's not much you can really do with a lot of teams still competing and you know the expanded playoffs are certainly affecting this as well it's definitely not a buyer's market like you said But right now, these are holes that we have seen for a long time. And, you know, we talked about how the Jays were, I think they were the number two betting favorites in Vegas to win the World Series this season. And I thought that was ludicrous because, you know, they lost Simeon. This is still a really young team. I spoke to you today. I'm not very comfortable if this team was in a playoff series against, you know, okay, the Yankees. I'm not scared of the Yankees, really. I think when the Jays are at their best, like you said, when we have Vladdy at his best, I think the Jays are – certainly able to beat the Yankees but you know there's teams across the league where you know they have a lot more experience in the playoffs they know what it's like to be pitching in high leverage situations at every point of a game we had that you know weird series and that weird season with the Rays and that wild card but I don't really count that as like playoff experience technically it is but you know I'm talking about when you're under the lights you're at Yankee Stadium 40,000 um plus in attendance you know where you're up against the wall that the yankee stadium is going to be packed and you know that's something that i wonder if this team had kind of more veterans in it if i'd be more comfortable there's holes all amongst this team and i just want to get your opinion on that do you think the lack of experience here in the jays is going to cost them down the line here especially once we get to october
1: yeah, so I'll answer your question, and then I just want to go back to the bullpen thing. Uh, but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think that expanded playoffs. I mean, as as good as it was, uh, in my opinion, in terms of free agent outlook, uh, it it's not really much in terms of experience. It's not the same level. I think the players know that. I mean, more than half of the team or half the teams in the league made the playoffs, so that just goes to show you at least you weren't bottom half. But I mean, that's not saying much. Um, but yeah, I, I, look, I do think, you know, Springer helps Springer, Springer's a guy world series MVP. You can't get much more experience than that. Um, you know, with Hunjin being down, that sucks. That guy's been in a lot of big games. Um, I know, you know, his wild cards are, you know, that start against the Rays a couple years back didn't go, you know, remotely good, but that, you know, that happens, uh, regardless though, the experience definitely is good. And I think that does rub off a bit on the other starters, uh, Gosman, you know, he's, he's been a playoff starter stripling. He's been there. Um, But yeah, I think in terms of positional players more than pitchers, I think there definitely is that lack of uh, playoff experience. Um, You kind of just hope that, you know, some of the vets like Teoscar, I know he hasn't done much in terms of playoffs, but, you know, Teoscar, Springer, um, you know, those kind of guys, you kind of hope that they can, uh, you know, settle the crowd a little bit, uh, given that this is a much younger team. Um, But yeah, overall, I think that uh, this definitely is something that could be looked back upon. It's not something that I'm ready to raise the, you know, the white flag or, you know, set, set off the alarm or anything of that sort. Uh, but I think it's more of an interesting point to talk about because, you know, if we do get into a deep playoff run and then we see some mistakes that shouldn't be made start happening, then you can kind of bring that up. But I don't think it's something that you really can game, game, sorry, game plan for moving forward because you look at the team and what position can you really add a veteran and that you'll be improving without being redundant, right? That there really isn't that role um that's available to them so yeah any veterans you'd be adding would be on the pitching side um i mean it definitely wouldn't hurt to maybe get a couple big game relievers but again like i said earlier trying to like acquire those established stars uh in the pen it's going to be like you know um like a war basically in terms of the uh you know uh, it's a bidding war there's there's a flat out you know so you're gonna pay you know maybe maybe double as much as you would have to pay last year or the year before given the stance uh the current state, uh, state of the MLB and the uh, playoffs. Now, I do want to touch back on the bullpen thing. Uh, the Jays right now, I think they're, they're definitely. I think they're bottom eight uh, bullpen. I think as of right now. But every single team in front of them is bottom, if not second last in their division. Right, the closest contending team to them is the White Sox, who are three spots back to them, but the ERA is almost you know point two lower. Right, like if you look at the top of the rankings. Houston, New York, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, that right there, those are all contending teams. I believe they're all either division leaders with the exception being, uh, or or, sorry, the division leaders with the exception being Tampa and Atlanta, who are both holding wildcard spots at the moment. Uh, Then you have Detroit and Baltimore, who, you know, they they just have outstanding bullpens, but, you know, they don't have the offense to match. Um, And then, yeah, then you have the Dodgers, the Padres, the Brewers, as you mentioned. Uh, Even the Mets are up there, right? You got the Cardinals. So you can see that in this top 10, top 15, like these are the contending teams. You don't see very many, uh, you know, there's maybe a couple, like I I can't even like begin. The only ones that are in contention that have, you know, an ERA over four, like, you know, the Angels, which I I mean, I don't know what they are now at this point, but I'll still call them contenders for the sake of everything. You know, you got the Angels, the Giants, uh, I guess we'll go Phillies, White Sox jays and the jays are on the lowest end of that spectrum like they are the furthest down below and if that right there doesn't show you that there are definite flaws that will get exposed in the playoffs i mean that that's it right there you know and, and if the offense isn't the high power machine it was made up to be and they are in a lot of these one-run games that we've seen like yeah they won a lot at the beginning of the year in these close ball games but that's not going to continue you know th- this isn't something you can look at and be like oh yeah like they they can win you know, this unsustainable amount of one-run games because their bullpen's that good. It's not. It's awful. It's it's literally, I, I would say it's awful. When you look at the rest of the teams below us, I mean, we got Oakland, Washington, Chicago, KC, Colorado, Cincinnati. Do any of those teams even scream 500 to you? Like, no, they don't. Those are awful teams, and their bullpen is awful to prove it. I mean, Arizona has a better ERA uh, in the bullpen than us, right? So, So clearly this is a major flaw. Contending teams that are good don't have this problem. So I mean, look, the 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 only one that I can relate it to is that the Phillies have year in and year out had a terrible bullpen, and when was the last time we saw them have a high com- like you know a competitive team like in terms of you know real deep playoff run? We haven't we haven't seen that. So something definitely needs to change. Uh, it's a huge concern. Um, and yeah, sorry to go off topic. I just I just really wanted to make an emphasis that because I think it's really important, especially when you look at the standings of these you know bullpen ERAs. Just to show how much of a discrepancy there is from the top teams and then the Blue Jays.
0: Oh, no, I love they brought that up. Why? Because we look at the playoffs, the playoffs are Series, you know, Ryu you got blown up in that second game,
1: uh, you just backtrack and repeat that. It cut off for a second, and I just uh, you know I just want to make sure that everyone hears what you have to say.
0: Oh, okay. No, I said, I was like, no, one hundred percent. I'm happy you brought that up because, you know, we go back to the COVID. That was a weird season. You know, like I don't count that really much. You played what one fourth of a real MLB season. Go to the playoffs. That wild card was a, like a weird joke. Like everybody had a three game series. Everybody was in a wild card spot. Like you know, I just want to forget about it. But you know, we had Ryu in that second game. He got blown out. That game just that was an end of the season game. You know, there was no tight matchups. The playoffs are managed so differently, and that was a point that I was trying to bring up earlier. They are so different. You know, you might have a starter who's, you know, pitching really well, and he might get yanked in the fourth inning. He might get yanked at a pitch count of, like, only, like, 40. If you get, if you have a team that has such a dominant bullpen, they might want to get to those guys right away to ensure that they get that win. And that's something that, you know, right now I don't think the Jays could compete with. Right now, if you're playing the Yankees, right, let's say Nestor Cortez is starting in the second game of a playoff series, and Cortez gives you four innings of one-run baseball, and it's a 1-1 game. The Yankees might pull Nestor at a pitch count that's like maybe at like 40 and say, you know, let's get our, you know, bullpen out in there and let's get Michael King to throw a couple innings of scoreless baseball. Let's ensure that we get this victory because we know how much wins mean in the postseason. The way the structure is now in the playoffs with the expanded roster and, you know, picking who you want to play. The Jays might be a favorable opponent for a lot of teams. And, you know, you brought up a very good point. The Jays are at the end of that spectrum of contenders and bullpens. And that is a huge flaw. That is one of the bigger holes in the league. I think you look at contenders across the map. I think that might be the biggest one. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of teams that have some offensive issues. We look at teams like the Padres and Brewers who definitely could use more bats. But I think the Jays' bullpen is a huge disadvantage. And they need a lot of assistance there. And we're not talking about one big trade where they bring over Bard, or we're talking about a couple arms like they did last season to rewrite this, because right now the development isn't helping out. Nate Pearson, who knows? That's the biggest what-if I've seen in the league in the last couple of seasons now. That guy's talked about as a you know, potential ace when he was coming up the system, and now we don't even know if he's going to be able to pitch an inning because of his health issues. You know, it's just frustrating. And this team is you know, long ways to go, still, in my opinion, from being a World Series contender right now i'm i I, i'm just frustrated you know this team they were so high coming into the season and you know i i still have hope i still think this is a very good baseball team i think right now we've seen a lot of the ugly we've seen them at their worst but right now we need to see them get better you know i'm i'm patient you know they're still what 39 and 30. This is a good baseball team obviously we know we've had some really dark seasons in the past with this toronto blue jays franchise You know, even the starts to the season have been really ugly last season. We were still about 500 at this point. So, you know, to be nine games above 500. I'm still patient. I still think this is a good baseball team. I think we're going to see better out of Simber. I think you're going to see a little bit better out of Garcia Uh, Romano. I I just hope that he can stay what he is because, you know, that's definitely our only real dog in the bullpen. But, you know, this team needs work, man you know, you go into a series, even against a team like Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, I cannot stand them because if we get them again, obviously, if you're a Jays fan, you hate Tampa Bay, you can't win in the trop, but you know, Tampa Bay with their analytics and their, you know, magical math equations where if they're going to get a guy out there, like a Patino, for example, is going to throw two innings. They're going to have a new pitcher every single inning. And, you know, right now, how can the Jays compete with that? Right. So, you know, there's a lot of different moves in the playoffs a lot of teams don't want you seeing that starter you know for a third time and this and there's a lot of math in it and obviously we're not paid professionals to do that kind of stuff but right now to me the point that you brought up i see a lot of red flags and i see a lot of trouble and to me i don't think this jay's team is nowhere near a world series contender just yet because i think those teams are the dodgers and the yankees at the top right now and with a lot of other teams in that middle pack and i think the jays are fighting to stay in that middle pack of contenders but right now i think they need a lot of help but before we wrap up this episode here of the battle war and blue jays podcast let's finish off with one more question after you nick and that is because you know we're playing the milwaukee brewers it's a unique matchup just got to get this out of the way if you had the chance to keep rowdy tellez with the way this team is right now needing a left-handed bat with some power what is your answer to that
1: I mean, I would have much rather I, – I look, I, I don't think there – even to this day, I, I don't know if there's a role for him on this team in terms of, like, regular playing time. My only regret is that we – like, you know, now that we're seeing what Trevor Richards is now, I would have wished that we got maybe, like, you know, a little bit of a younger arm uh, in the deal, considering we were selling, like – we were selling as low as you can sell on a player, to be honest with you, when it came to that deal. Um, but no, I look. I don't regret moving him. I, I we always knew he was a very good hitter, a very good power hitter. And as much as I loved him in the Jays uniform, it just didn't make sense, especially now with how much they use the DH spot on. You know, whether it's uh, you know one of our other catchers, or it's Springer needing a day off, or it's uh, Vlad needing a day off, or it's Teoscar needing a day off. Like they need that DH spot so heavily, uh, and not to mention that Vlad does play a ton of games at first base. Like his durability is fantastic um i just i don't see where he would have gotten playing time and don't get me wrong love the guy he was fantastic for spurts here as a blue jay i know he's very talented and that he's going to continue to be very gifted on the baseball field but like i said i have no regrets in moving him i just wish that maybe we moved him for a you know younger arm um or something of that sort but given how low his value was i mean i think we did probably as well as we were going to do now i want to add one last thing just because i looked it up because i was curious um, yeah, the bullpen and World Series winners. I mean, I, I'm i looking now at, like, even dating back to, I want to say, maybe 2009. I don't know much. I got to look at that Phillies roster again 2008. But let's just say the last, like, 12 years, 10 years, and I can say this for certain, there has been one team where the bullpen wasn't a strong suit, and I think that's the 2019 Washington Nationals. But to note that, they had starters throwing out of the pen, on regularity and they had basically superhuman performances from like from Daniel Hudson, for example, when we traded him, uh, you know, mid season from the Jays to the nationals, like they, it took, and I believe, uh, who was the other reliever that they had, um, that year? There was one more. I can't remember who it was, but there were, there was two guys on that, on that bullpen who were basically just lights out and the rest of the bullpen sucked, but that was the outlier. And they still, I think it was,
0: sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Wasn't it Melanson?
1: It might have been. It might have been. It might have been Melanson. It was It was, it was two, two guys. and It was two guys in that series against the Astros. But they, they were, like, top-level elite, you know, as good as you can be while the rest of the bullpen sucked. But every other year, you're looking at collective strong bullpens. I mean, you're looking at the Braves. They weren't good in the regular season, but, man, did they pitch in that playoffs. Like, that was one of the best collective bullpen performances I've seen in a while considering how bad they were in the regular season. Then you have the Dodgers. We know how good they were. You mentioned the Nationals already. Uh, Red Sox, that was a very good That Craig Kimbrell at the time with Matt Barnes, who was pretty decent, and a couple other pieces. Uh, Astros, year in and year out, they have a great bullpen. Cubs, that was the year that they traded for Chapman, uh, and they all, they already had a couple of strong guys. Like Carl Edwards Jr. was, that, was good that year, and a couple guys like that. Uh, Giants, I, I, I mean, dating back, I think they were still pretty good. Probably had, like, you know, a younger Sergio Romo. Uh, Royals, we know how good the Royals' bullpen was. Anyways, you get my point. You get the gist of it. Every World Series winner outside of the Nationals who had two really dominant relievers during that stretch has had a complete and strong bullpen that they could rely on. The reason that's important is because sometimes you need, you need to shorten games to five innings. That's what it does. Having a good, reliable bullpen makes the game practically five innings for the other team. You have five innings to score off the starter, and if you don't do it, you're done. We saw that with Andrew Miller when he rolled in here with Cleveland. You had four innings to score. If not, he was throwing three, or three to four innings to get you to the ninth, and then uh, Allen would come in for the save. Right. So the ability to shorten games like the Yankees can do that perfectly now. Like, to be honest with you, they have three or four guys that they can throw out there game to game that can shut it down inning to inning, which means you basically only have five to six innings to score off the team. And maybe not even that. So anyways, that that's just the extra point I wanted to make. Um, you know, going back to your Rowdy thing, like I said, I'm, I was fine with moving him given the outlook of the team. You know, it just would have been nice to get something a little more valuable
0: yeah i think you're right there for sure uh that trade looking back now is definitely the return the jays got not uh you know very good uh let's just leave it at that but you know i think we've recapped everything today you know it's a lengthy episode uh it's been good to you know get back on the pod here uh, in summer break but um you know i think this series coming up is gonna be a lot of fun i love unique matchups you know i think these are you know probably the funnest games of the regular seasons besides the games against your rivals um, but yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Corbin Burns, you know, he's an absolute stud. Uh, let's hope he takes it easy on the Blue Jays' offense because, uh, you know, these wins are very costly. You know, a lot of people to talk about, you know, these games still mean nothing. We have so much to go, but remember last season, the Jays missed the playoffs by a hair. It was a single game. So, you know, I find myself very into all of these games, no matter who's on the mound, and Saturday, Kikuchi against Corbin Burns is definitely going to be, uh, you know, at a superior disadvantage, especially the way, like you mentioned, Adam A's and mccutcheon could smash against lefties um but you know i still like the jay's odds here and i think this is a good baseball team and i'm excited to see what they do here down the road and i think we'll be back uh to record uh you know i think on the monday we shove a new episode out so you know i think that's all from me and nick and nick any last words to touch up on before we wrap up this episode of the Battle Born blue jays podcast
1: uh yeah shout out ross stripling that's about it the guy the guy's, been, the guys been phenomenal i i, mean, I know we didn't mention much in this podcast but uh the work he's doing has not been uh you know not been overlooked
0: what did you what did you describe it uh during text the guy that's like the job like de- he's the definition of getting the job done like
1: totally he done there's nothing it's nothing fancy it's nothing uh you know not lighting up the radar gun not having the most explosive movement but, you know, he gets in there, whatever role you ask. Like, he he just gets in there and gets the job done. That's it.
0: I love that. You know, that is a guy that, you know, is definitely going to help you win a championship. And let's hope he stays here long term. I hope the Jays can find an extension with him shortly. But with that, I think that's everything. And uh, I want to thank you guys for listening to the Battleborn Blue Jays podcast. And uh, we'll see you again on Monday. That's all from me and Nick. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.